Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. All right, good morning, Thrive family. How you guys doing? Good? Good, good. I know that that is a little hard to follow up. We're gonna miss Pastor Sean and Jen. We love you guys so much. I love you guys a ton. And I don't even know how I'm gonna be able to preach right now, but we're gonna try, we're gonna do it. Do me a favor, just one more time. Can we just give it up? Uh, First off for Pastor Eric and Pastor Lori, the lead pastors of this house. Can we honor them online if you're watching? Can we just honor them? Likes right now, click that like button. And then one last time, can we give it up for Sean and Jen? Come on, we're excited for you guys. We love you. I'm proud of you. I can't wait for your baby boy to be named Chris. It's gonna be awesome. Or Mike Jr., Papa Mike, right? Mike Jr., Mike Jr., that works, all right. Cool, well, I have the privilege of preaching this morning. We are gonna be continuing our series on the book of Joshua, and I don't have a lot of time, so I'm gonna talk faster than I normally do. (laughs) Online, if you're watching this for the first time, just put the captions on right now. Okay, just, just get ready to read a little bit because I'm just kidding. I won't preach faster. Um, but I'm very excited. I'm grateful for this house and I'm grateful for what God is doing. I really believe this. I shared with this this morning. Every morning we have a huddle before service. We huddle with our team, with everybody on the Dream Team. Shout out to the Dream Team this morning for making it happen, both in person and online, from the parking lot to the pulpit to the kids in the back everywhere. And I shared with the Dream Team that I really feel this word, this, this book that we're going through, the book of Joshua, really is a powerful book. And, and I'm grateful for our lead pastor. I'm grateful for Pastor Eric that he is carrying this message that right now is the time that the church steps up. I think that we have been on the defensive for too long. I believe that God is calling us not to just respond anymore. I think responding is appropriate, it's biblical, it's healthy, but it's now time for us to strategize and to hear from heaven and to believe that God has something for us in this next season. Okay, I got three amens. It's gonna be a tough morning, but it's okay, we got this. I believe that God is calling us in this season and, I, and, I, and I, really, I really love it because even with Pastor Sean and Jen and what God is doing with them, I believe that that is just a glimpse of all of us that God is calling us into the next. Because the truth is, is if you don't go into the next, you'll die where you're at. And I believe that Jesus is getting us ready. And, and I have also learned in this season that it doesn't matter what's going on around you. God can still call you to something next, even when it doesn't make sense. Come on. Even when it doesn't make sense or it doesn't feel comfortable. Right now we live in an uncomfortable time. Can I get an amen for that? We live in an uncomfortable time where things are a little awkward and things are a little messy and things kind of don't make sense. But in the midst of those times, I believe that God calls us forward. I believe that God calls you forward. I believe that God would call your family forward. I believe that God would call the thing that he's doing in your heart forward. I believe that God would call your relationships forward and that you are not meant to stay where you're at. You're meant to go where he wants you to go. And so we're going to talk about it today in Joshua chapter 3. I'm going to just continue on what Pastor Eric was talking about last week. But I want to highlight a couple things this morning. So I want to read it to you guys, and then we're going to pray. Joshua chapter 3, verses 11 through 17. You can look at it on the screen this morning. Let's jump into it. And it said this, Behold, 
the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing. And the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. Everybody remember that from last week, right? Come on. All right. Stand in one heap. So when the people set out from the tents to pass over the Jordan with priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were dipped in the brink, oh, sorry, bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows. Everybody say overflows. Come on, say it like you mean it. Overflows. Come on online, say it even though no one can hear you. <laughs> Overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan. And those flowing, flowing down toward the Sea of Araba, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite of Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan and all of Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Come on, family, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for my friends, my family. I thank you, God, for all that you're doing. I pray this message would speak to those either watching online or in the room. I know it might not be for everybody, but Jesus, I know it's for somebody. I pray that we would have ears to hear. I pray I would get out of the way and that you would continue to do what you're doing in this room and online and through this service. We love you, we thank you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. If you're taking notes, the title of today's message or conversation is this, the sea, the sand, and the banks. The sea, the sand, and the banks. Now, what I know is true, and, and I, I've been Christian now since I was 12 years old, so I, I, I'm coming up to 16 years of loving Jesus. That's kind of cool. That's, that, that, that's a really big deal for me because I, when I got saved, I didn't know anything about Jesus. Anybody come from that? Anybody, like, you didn't know where Genesis was? Come on. Come on, you had to, like, look in the table of contents to know where Genesis was. Like, that was me. I didn't know anything about Christianity. We would sing weird worship songs. I'm like, why are they talking about lions and lambs and weird stuff? Like, I, I was so clueless to Christianity. So to come up now, I'm going to be 28 next month, and to be saved for 16 years is really, really cool. And I've learned this in my walk with Jesus, and it's actually something I remember having a conversation with Pastor Sean a few years ago, that God moves in our life through different seasons. Come on. God moves in our life through different seasons. I, I want to give some language today on what God's been doing in your 2020. Is that okay? Because we still got 20. I know all of us are ready for 2020 to end. I know all of us are just 2020. Can you just be over already? But can I tell you that God wants to show you some things from 2020 so he can move in your life in 2021? Maybe the reason God let the things happen in 2020 is because God's excited for your 2021. But if you don't learn from 2020, you're gonna have 2020 all over again. Maybe not on the outside, but on the inside. Okay, I'm in someone's Kool-Aid, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I, I believe that God moves in seasons. 
And I love this narrative of the Exodus narrative and Moses and Joshua. And I believe it perfectly describes the season sometimes that we walk in in Christianity. See, what's amazing about this story is you have the country of Israel and the country of Israel is about to cross over into the promised land. The country of Israel is finally at the edge of the promise. The country of Israel is at the cliff of where they're supposed to go. The country of Israel can finally see what all they've been wanting since they were in slavery. This is years in the making. Have you ever had something that was years in the making? I know that we are a microwave generation and I want it in two and a half minutes and I want it now. You know how hard it's been that I've had to wait for Chipotle to be open the last nine months? And I'm so excited that Lathrop's on the up. We got In-N-Out and Chipotle. Come on, Jesus. Some of y'all didn't even know it's open. There you go. Go ahead, go after church. You can buy me a gift card too if you like. It's cool. We don't like to wait. We, we are technological. We, we want things now. And the funny thing about the kingdom is the kingdom is not a kingdom of technology, but it's a kingdom of seasons. And so God will move in our life in different seasons. And so you have a season, which I believe we're at right now, in many ways, like Israel, where we can see what's next and we're excited for the future. But sometimes, most of the time, oftentimes, you and I can get stuck at the edge of the promise. And so what you find is in this story, it's really powerful because you, you, you see Israel, they're crossing the Jordan. They're gonna cross the Jordan. They're gonna cross into the promised land. But, but if you were an Israelite at, the t- Israelite at the time, you have to understand that this is not foreign to you. You've are, your, your fathers and your forefathers already crossed something before and it was called the Dead Sea. And so this is the narrative of the people of Israel at this time. They just crossed this Dead Sea 40 years ago. And then God made them walk in a desert for 40 years. And now they're at the edge, the banks of the Jordan River. And here's what I wanna really focus on today. I believe with all my heart that God will call us into different seasons. Some of you know what it's like to escape Egypt and God to rescue you. Some of us in this room have had that moment. I've had that where, where, where we were in Egypt before. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody remember Egypt? Anybody remember when you were in captivity and you were a slave to sin and you were a mess and you were broken and you were hurting? Anybody remember Egypt? Okay, like two people. Egypt was this place, it was, it was hard. And then, anybody remember the desert? Come on, that's 2020 right there. Come on, that's gonna preach to someone. We talked about the desert earlier this year where God has you wandering a little bit because he's doing something in you. And then anybody ever been in a season where you're about to enter the Jordan, where the promise is right there and it's still hard. The crazy thing about the seasons that God puts us in, and I wanna break this if you think this is the case. I I believe some of us have a mentality that we believe Christianity is easy. It's not, it's not. I remember like I first got saved and I was so excited for like six months. And then I don't know what happened. Things got hard. Anybody remember that? It's like, it isn't, like I don't feel God anymore. That I, church was cool, but now I have some church drama and whatever the case may be. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know what that was? That was called the desert. God decided to put some people in your life and some things in your life, not because there was something wrong with them, but there was something wrong with you. You ever been in that season? I see, I believe God repeats seasons. 
And I believe all of us have desert seasons. I believe God has us in Egypt seasons and that God has us in promised seasons. I believe God has us in seasons where he escapes us from Egypt and crosses the Dead Sea. I believe he, he has us in seasons where we escape the desert and we go into the Jordan. And I believe he has us in seasons where we're in the promised land and we're fighting for what God has given us. I do. Here's the difference though, between the Jordan and the Dead Sea. Y'all following me? I know that's a little bit of Bible, but y'all are cool, right? The, the Dead Sea is a response to what God did, but the Jordan is a decision to what God calls you to. I wanna break that down. See, Israel is in captivity in Egypt. God, they cry out to God. God raised up a deliverer called Moses. Moses and God free the people of Israel. And in that moment where they cross the Dead Sea, if you're an Israelite, you either cross the Dead Sea or you stay in Egypt. Ain't nobody wanna stay in Egypt. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Ain't nobody wanna stay in Egypt. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna cross the Dead Sea because I am responding to the thing that God did in my life. And in the desert, you're walking through the desert. You're letting God do whatever he wants in the desert. You have to respond to let him do something in your heart. But then you have what I believe is what we're in right now, the Jordan. And the Jordan is an interesting conversation because the Jordan, God does not require you to cross, but you stay in the desert unless you cross the Jordan. And I think this is what happens. I think to just kind of give it into some better terms. Most people, come on, following me. They have a moment of salvation with Jesus where God rescues them like he split the Red Sea. God rescues the people of Israel and he rescued your heart and he delivered you and he healed you and he set you free. You remember what I'm talking about where you, where you accepted that altar call? You were up in the front, muckles were coming all down your face, mascara was all messed up, come on. I'm talking that moment where God saved your life and God delivers you the same way he delivered the people of Israel out of Egypt. And then this is what God does. I love this about the gospel, that God just doesn't save you from something, but God calls you to something. You have this moment of the Dead Sea over here, and then you have this in-between, which is the desert, and then you have the Jordan. You have the Dead Sea, you have the desert, you have the Jordan. The Dead Sea, God rescued you. The, 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 the desert, God is doing something in you, but the Jordan, ooh, that's where I feel people get stuck and I'm not trying to be mean, but it's the truth. Because the Jordan is this thing that you have to decide to cross over. Of course you don't wanna be in Egypt. But to be honest, the way you and I sometimes respond is we can get stuck in the desert because we're scared of crossing the Jordan. And God is, is totally fine with us staying in the desert. He'll just let you stay in the desert and stay in the desert and stay in the desert. But there will come an opportunity where God will begin to give you a calling and you'll have to answer that calling. And it's gonna be a little weird and it's gonna be a little uncomfortable and it's not gonna feel right. But I promise you that if you cross the Jordan, you'll be able to really begin to understand the fulfillment of what Jesus has for your life. The Jordan's a decision you have to make on the inside. It's more than just a response. And so my first point is this, is that we were rescued and we are called. Come on. We were rescued and we are called. We were rescued from something, but we're called to something else. And, and I really feel like I was praying this morning that God was speaking to me. 
and telling me that I want my people to know this morning that there is something more than what they're experiencing right now. There's something more. There's something more. They don't have to just be where they're at. You know what's the cool thing about Jesus? Is that there's always more. I made, I made this deal with Zadok, okay? So, so, so I tried this thing for Christmas and, and I'm gonna let you know how it turned out. So uh, my plan this year for Christmas, because Zadok loves cars, thank God for Hot Wheels. They're so cheap. Thank you, Jesus. If you have a little boy Hot Wheels, pr I pray that your son likes Hot Wheels and not like Nintendos. Come on, thank you. So he loves Hot Wheels, and he, he just loves them. Like every time we go to Target, like Target's his favorite store and he just, he just loves Hot Wheels. And so what I told Zadok was this, is my plan was that I was gonna just get him like 20 Hot Wheels and then I was gonna wrap them up individually and he's gonna think he has like a lot of presents and I'm gonna be like the best dad ever. It was a total win. I was ready. But Zadok, who's three now, three and a half, three and a half, he, he, uh, he, he's a little much right now. Like he's a good boy, but, but he's extra. You know what I'm talking about when your kid's extra? And he's a lot like me. My poor wife. She takes care of your kids and us. I don't know how she does it, man. So, so we're working on patience with Zadok because Scozes need patience. <laughs> I, told, I was complaining about Chipotle in the message. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And he's patient. So that's what I did. That's what I did. I said, okay, Zadok, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're going to make a deal. Here we go. We're going to make a deal. I'll buy you 20 cars. All right? I'll buy you 20 cars. Or I'll buy you 50 cars. Come on, somebody. I thought I got more amens on that one. I got... I, I don't, no one's giving you a deal like that. Come on. I'll buy you 50 cars. I'll buy you almost triple the cars, bro. But every time you act up, whine, complain, nag, throw a fit. He's been doing this thing where he gets angry. He'll go to, he, I told you about the closet. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like he, we, he has a closet now instead of a room. It's okay. Don't judge us. Like we're working on it. And, and he'll go into his closet. He just like throws toys against the wall. I'm like, where'd you get that from? That's not from me. He just like will grab his toys and just throw them against the wall. I'm like, bro, like, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, you can't do that. So I said, here's the deal. I'll give you 50 toys, but every time you act up, I'm going to give a toy away. And, and he was like, uh, I said, it's okay, bro. Go talk to your lawyers. Go talk to grandma and grandpa. Go, go talk to your lawyers. Go see if it's a good deal. The risk of getting more is sometimes scarier than just having what you already have. See, Israel had guaranteed food and guaranteed water in the desert. But God said, if you cross the Jordan, I'll give you more. See, God, what would he tell you today is this, is that maybe, just maybe, we're not in the desert anymore. Maybe, just maybe, God wants you to go into this new season. Maybe, just maybe, there's a promised land across the river. But the only way you're gonna get to the promised land is you gotta cross the Jordan. My second point is this, is that Jesus knows the when and the how. Come on, somebody. Aren't you grateful that Jesus knows way more than you? Like, I'm so grateful that Jesus knows way more than me.
because man, I, I, I mess this thing up all the time. So this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus says, okay, Joshua, take the country of Israel, about 3 million people. And this month, now you're gonna cross over. Go send the spies, the spies come back. He says, okay, now you're gonna come over. And there's this little line I told you about. We had you guys say it, it's the word overflowed. Everybody say it again, overflow. Come on, say it online, overflow, overflow. Come on, overflow. So in April time, see what's crazy about this is the Jordan River is this kind of small, kind of nasty river. Like it's, it, there's nothing really pretty about it. It's the place that John the, Bapti John the Baptist was baptizing people before Jesus. And so the Jordan River, any other time of the year, you could just walk through it. Like you don't need to have dry ground. But because in April, the snows from the mountains in Lebanon begin to melt and the, the river overflows. And so because of the way the terrain is, the water is now higher than expected. It's the wrong time to cross the river, not the right time. It looks harder in our eyes, but it's the time that Jesus calls. And the reason being is this, because what you have to understand about rivers is that rivers represent boundaries. It's kind of like even in America, different states are, are separated by rivers, like the Mississippi River uh, separates a lot of different states in the Midwest. And so rivers represented boundaries. Rivers represented lines. Rivers represented the next thing or a separation. And what countries would do is they would actually make sure to have defensive military bases or strongholds right near the rivers. So that way no one can cross the river and go into their land. It's very similar to how in World War II where you had D-Day and there was a beachhead and the only way you were able to go into France, the way the U.S. was able to go into France and the Allies were able to go into France was they had to crash the beach. They had to cross this thing. They had to break in because there was a stronghold. Are you following me? See, the funny thing about it is, is because the overflowing of the river was so high, the nation that was on the other side of the river, the Canaanites and all the ites that Pastor Eric talked about, did not put up a military defense base because they thought it's impossible to cross over in April. And sometimes God will cause you to cross over when you least expect it because God's waiting for you to cross at a time where they least expect it. And you might think it's a bad time, but God's saying it's the right time because the nation of Israel crossed over the Jordan and there was nobody to stop them. The only thing that was able to stop them if they didn't cross was themselves. And family, how many times have you and I settled to not cross the river because of our faults? How many times have we let fear and doubts and insecurity and sin and shame, come on, where God's like, you, you got this promised land. If you, if you can just cross over, if you can just trust me, I know the waters are overflowing and I know it looks like things aren't the way it's supposed to. And I know it looks really bad right now, but now's the time to do it because the enemy least expects it. You know what's cool about Jesus? Jesus is the only one that knows your future. Did you know that? You don't even know your future. You think you do, you don't. Come on, how many times were you thought you know your future and then like six months later, you're moving somewhere else. You're doing somewhere else. You got another job, you got, right? How, how many times have you had a plan and then God laughed at your plan? Come on. You know what's even cooler? This is why the enemy does what he does. The enemy can only remind you of your past because he doesn't know your future. 
Did you know that Satan only knows what you used to do, but he doesn't know where you're going because he's not omnipotent and he's not omnipresent and he doesn't know all things. That's why Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith because Jesus knows the end of the story and Jesus knows exactly where you're supposed to be going and all Satan can do is try to speak into your ear. Why? Because he has no idea what's across the river. He has no idea what happens if you cross the bank. He has no idea what you're gonna do if you cross over. Why? Because only God knows the promises he has for you, my friend. And so God knows the how and the when. And right now, I feel it in this room that there's some of you wondering, I know what I have to do next. I know what God's calling me to. I know the season that God's putting me in. I know the place in my heart. I know the person I have to forgive. I know the thing that I have to cross over. Come on, everyone has a different Jordan. Everyone has a different river. And God's saying, would you cross it? Because if you cross it, I got something better for you on the other side. My last point is this, I'm gonna close. What is at the center of your life? Come on, what's at the center of your life? I love this part in the passage and I'm done, I'm done. The Bible says that the Jordan stood up in one heap, meaning that the hand of God that's what it basically is described. Imagine the hand of God holding up the river, even though it's overflowing. Come on, somebody. I feel that for some of you. Some of you got some overflowing rivers in your life right now. Some of you got some overwhelming stuff. Some of you got some chaos. Some of you got some things happening. And this is what God's gonna do. If you would be willing to cross, I'll hold it open so that way you walk on dry ground. See, in Exodus, the Bible says that a wind came and split the Red Sea. In Joshua, the Bible says that the, the river just stood up in a heap and it was stopped. No wind, just the hand of God. And this is what they did. The priests who carried the ark went in the center of the river and they stayed in the middle of the river until the rest of the nation of Israel, Israel crossed. So imagine the priests who have this big old box, it was called the Ark of the Covenant. They walk in the middle of the river and what they do, this is what God said, stay in the middle. Stay in the middle until everyone crosses over. Stay in the middle until all the nation makes it. And can I tell you today that you got a high priest that's in the middle of your river? Can I tell you that Jesus, who was the high priest of our life, is in the middle of your river. And what he's doing is he's staying his ground and he's centered. And the only way, family, that you're gonna cross over is if Jesus is at the center of your life. Some of us are trying to cross a river when it's flooding. And God's like, no, I'm trying to get you to cross when there's dry ground. But here's the problem. You have me in the wrong spot, friend. See, if you had me in the center, if you had me in the middle, Hey, come on, how many times have we let other things be in the center of our life instead of Jesus? How many times have we let church or work, and, and I get, church is awesome, work is awesome, family is awesome, but there is one place, there is one thing that belongs in the throne of your heart, the center of your life, and it's a man and his name is Jesus. And when that man is at the center, the middle, 
What does that mean? Everything revolves around him. The gravity of your life is held together by the person of Jesus. The gravity of everything you do, everything is surrounded and encompassed by one man. When you say, Jesus, I put you in the middle of my life, God's like, I'll let you cross through rivers and there'll be dry ground. But I gotta be at the middle. I gotta be at the middle. At family, I think sometimes we get caught up, not because we're doing something wrong, but because our priorities are messed up. We have a cultural center of our heart. We have a societal center of our heart. We have a, a family center in our heart. We have our past could be the center of our heart. Our, our fears can be at the center of your heart. The thing that allows us to make decisions, the things that keeps us going, the things that moves us forward. Guys, if it's not Jesus, then it's not working. And I came to ask someone the question today, what is at the center of your life? Put that question up for me, Brother Marcus. What's at the center of your life? Read it. What is at the center of your life? As some of you in here, you, you, you can confidently say, yeah, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. But for some of you, no, it's not. I've had some other things that have been the center of my life. But I wanna tell you today that all you have to do is put him in the place that he belongs. It's not hard. It's not complicated. But the hardest thing you have to do is let go. I believe that God would raise up a church who would have Jesus at the center of everything. Because without Jesus at the center of everything, none of this works. Everything falls apart. And I believe that God would call us into something next. And the only way he can do it, the only way he can do it is if he's at the center. Family, stand to your feet for me. Come on. And I wanna do this real fast with every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. And if you're watching online this morning, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I don't care if you're in front of your family, your friends, unless you're driving, don't do that, okay? But just bow your heads, close your eyes. I, I, want, you to t I, want, I want us to have a moment. We're just gonna sing for a few moments. And I want you to ask yourself that question. Before we go, before we dismiss, I want you to ask yourself that question. What is at the center of my life? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it your fears? Is it sin? What is the thing that everything else revolves around? What is the thing that's centric? What is the thing that is connected to everything else? And if it's not Jesus, then I believe that God's gonna begin to work on your heart this morning, wherever you're at right now, God's gonna begin to work on your heart this morning. And if you would let him in, if as we worship, as we sing, as we, as we spend a little time with Jesus, that God would begin to nudge your heart, that the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to you little by little and say, I need to go into the place I belong. I need you to put me in the middle. I need you to put me in the center. I need you to put me where I need to be because that's the only place I'm gonna really move in your life. I can't just be a side piece. I can't just be something that's on the weekends. I can't just be something that is every now and then. I wanna be at the center of your life. Family, as we worship in these next few moments, I want you to give it to Jesus. I want you to spend time with him. Go ahead. Come on, let's sing it out.
Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.